Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellas Podcast. My name is Carlos. And I'm Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing The Founder and 20th Century Women, as well as reacting to the Oscar nominations. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. How are you doing? Whew, I am doing great, man. How are you doing? I am relieved to finally have an actual list of Oscar nominations in front of us. And something for us to talk about. Kind of that's set in stone instead of us kind of theorizing all these different things. But, um, I'm yeah, I'm definitely excited to talk about all these things. And I'm actually excited to hear your reviews of um, those movies that we mentioned at the top. Because I did not see them because I'm in Virginia and I don't get any of these things, and you do, and I hate you. Well, they're pretty good, man. So <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, it was a good few days. I got my posters. Nice. You know, hung those up today. Um, but I'm going to be starting off with the founders. Now, for those of you who don't know what the founder is, it's about uh, this guy named Ray Kroc and uh, how he basically uh was able to franchise McDonald's. Now he's mm-hmm. not the he's not the original founder of McDonald's. Um the one who actually made McDonald's was somebody called Dick and Mac McDonald. And um I think the movie does a pretty good job um really setting the stone. You see you see Ray Kroc really uh struggling with his business, you know? He's he's somebody who sells like food products and everything, uh, like fruit, like food equipment, like in the opening movie, like he's trying to sell like these uh, machines that make shakes really quickly. Mm-hmm. So he's just, he's trying to make his way into, you know, really trying to get like a stable selling him out there. But, um, he goes to McDonald's and, you know, it's a pretty smart idea. So the people who, pl- the, the one who plays Ray Kroc is Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton, I think gives a great performance. I think he really delivers a really good performance here. I don't think it's I don't think it's um, necessarily something outside like it's Oscar worthy, but it's a really great performance. It's really close. Um, it's um, and then the ones who played the one who, the he meets uh, Dick and Mac McDonald now. Um, Dick McDonald is played by Nick Offerman, and then Mac McDonald is played by John Carroll Lynch, and they have the both of them have pretty good chemistry. Um, you know, they, you see them work well together. They work off of each other really well. And it just seems like they've known each other for like an X amount of years. They just work off of each other so well. Um, and I have to say the screenplay is very good in this movie. There are some lines in here that had the whole crowd gasping and it was from Michael Keaton's character. Um, this man, wow. Like this movie really shows you just how cruel business is. And it's in the trailer. Like they, it gets to the point where Michael Keaton just wants to leave. Like Michael Keaton's character wants to leave and not do business with the brothers because they're fine where they are. You know what I'm saying? They're comfortable where they are. They don't really care about really franchising right now. They're they're just they're they're not thinking about the big picture like uh, Ray Kroc is. They're only focused on their McDonald's, like their 
their location right now. So they're not focused on anything else right now. So you see both sides, which which is like something that I like about the movie. You see both sides of um of an argument. Like Ray Kroc, he's a douchebag, but you understand why he is the way he is. You know what I'm saying? Because it's frustrating when you can see something where where you want to you know be as creative as you want, but people will hold you back. So it's it's you know I really like both sides, and then you see it from their side. You know where they're comfortable. They don't want to you know this is they founded it. Um, due to like their beliefs, like they wanted, they wanted McDonald's to symbolize something, um, and I think overall it's a pretty good story. Great chemistry. Um, the getting into my negatives, there was a crap ton of exposition in like the first few minutes of like I remember there's a scene where Ray Kroc asks um, the two brothers like, "Hey, so like how'd you come up with this idea with making food for 30 minutes? Like like within like minutes, like 3 minutes. Like I don't have to wait for anything. You know, you know that's how McDonald's is, right? Like you don't have to wait for anything really. And that's he's just like, "So how'd you come up with the idea? Like what's your story?" And then we just like the story just gets thrown in our face and we're just supposed to take the take in this information. We're like, "Okay, all right. Like let's slow it down a little bit." And then on top of that, the movie the movie can be a little bit choppy, and especially like in the first in the first act, it can be kind of choppy. Um, but other than that, the story is really great. The screenplay is great. Um, like I said, the cast is great. The production is also great as well. So I'm gonna rate this movie a seven point five. Hmm. Wow. I mean, based on what you were saying, I was expecting it to be higher. That's interesting. So you are yeah, not I mean, you're not necessarily I, surprised that it didn't get as much buzz as people were expecting when we heard this movie was moving to December slash January? No, I mean, like I said, man, I mean, the thing is, I, I forgot to mention this in my negatives. The thing is, with some of the writing, it kind of goes backhanded as well with some of the writing. Like, with the, when it comes to, like, the brothers' dialogue, it works really well, but at the same time, they kind of act like a married couple. Like, there's a scene where he was just, where they're arguing about Ray Kroc at this point because they're just like, well, we can't, like, you're letting him, there's just like, you got, like, this is just like, we let a wolf in, and we need to kick him, kick him out. And he's just like, "Well, I let him in for you. Like this is your dream." And he's just like, "Well, I understand that you did it for me." And I'm just like, it "Sounds kind of cheesy, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it just doesn't, it doesn't sound like a relationship I'd be having like with my brother. Like yo, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not something that I'm just like, it's not something that I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm not. I don't think it was snubbed out of the Oscars or anything. Okay. I think there was a lot more things. Um, now. Moving into twentieth century women, I think this movie was snubbed out of the Oscars. I really okay, do. I'm very curious. I'm I'm so looking forward to this movie. I'm so I mad really, that I haven't seen I it. mean I mean I don't I don't know if you're gonna be as strongly opinion that opinionated as I am, but bro, the cast the the cast in this movie is amazing. Annette Benning should have been nominated and Ellie Fanning definitely should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actress. She Ellie Fanning was amazing in this movie. I loved her character in this movie. Um, I have to say the screenplay, um, which I th- which which it is getting nominated for. I'm, I'm glad that at least that's getting nominated. Mm-hmm. The screenplay is I really love the screenplay for this movie. I mean, there are just some lines, and I wish that they didn't show them in the trailer. But there's even like a line. It didn't. It doesn't hit you in the trailer, but it hit like but it hits you like when you actually see the movie. And that Benning tells um. It tells tells Greta Gerwig's character Abby. She's just like, you get to see my son in the world, and I never will. You know, and that's just that's a very powerful line. Mm-hmm. I thought that's a very powerful line because, you know, if you think about it, you know, 
and and even like the kid, the you know her son, who's played by um, bring let me bring him up, who's played by Lucas J. Zuman. You know, he's trying to figure out his mom as well, and it's just a relationship that you know they're both trying to understand one another. One another, but the reality is they're never gonna they're never gonna get to that point where they understand each other because you know he's always gonna see her as his mom and she's always gonna see him as a kid, and that's natural. It's not a bad thing, but you'll never really understand. You'll really never know you know, who they are outside of outside of that mother-son relationship. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I have to say the chemistry that Luke, that, uh, that Lucas Jade Zuman plays, he plays the character of Jamie. Um, and she, and Annette Benning plays uh, uh, Dorothy. And they have great chemistry. They really have great chemistry, especially, um, especially Ellie Fanning and, and, um, and, and and Lucas Jake Zuman, I mean, they have. I mean, all these characters have great chemistry, man. Um, and the soundtrack, I really, really like the soundtrack for this movie. Um, the soundtrack for this movie, I believe, uh, the main composer of it is Rob Neal. Mm-hmm. He does a great job. It's some. It's it's a soundtrack for me that um, I could honestly just drive to and I could just think. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it was like. It's such um, – it's just I love the soundtrack of this movie. I remember I was texting in the beginning of the movie, like right when it was starting. And the opening shot, I was like – I was like – I stopped. I was like, whoa, what? Because like, it, it was so good. The cinematography – cinematography has questionable moments. I'll get to that in my negatives. But the cinematography in this – I love the cinematography in this movie. The cinematography in this movie to me, other than a few scenes, is pretty much amazing. Um that opening shot for me was fantastic. I, I loved it. And uh, the costumes I thought were okay. Like this is sort of getting into my name. I thought the costuming was okay. Um, I don't know what they were necessarily trying to shoot for. But I thought the costuming overall was okay. Nothing really um, that great. Cinematography. There are some scenes. Um, getting into my negatives. There are some scenes that I don't think needed uh, this type of style with it. And it took me out of the movie. To me, this is such like a such a realism had such realism to it, mm-hmm. and I just think that those the way it was shot kind of took me out of it. Um, so I just didn't think that I needed to be there. Um, but overall, man, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, I really, really enjoyed this movie, man, and I'm so upset. I mean, it at least should have gotten best uh, best actress in there, but. Um, it Ellie Fanning should have been nominated for sure, and um, I I just think that the, the those two definitely got snubbed out of the Oscars. I'm gonna rate this movie a nine point two. This movie is wow amazing to me. I really really like this movie. See, I'm so mad that I didn't see it. I really am. Um, but I'm it, so, it, I'm happy you're on the Elle Fanning train now because I I love her. She's a really really good young actress. She's fantastic in this movie. I have to say, she's fantastic. I really loved her character in this movie. Um, and like I said, I mean, I think I think even Luke J. Zuman, who played the son, I think he really did a good job as well. I mean, I, again, the cinematography in this movie, except for some parts, are really good, really mm-hmm. good. And especially the screenplay. The screenplay is really what, what holds – I mean, the cast does a great job. It does a phenomenal job. But at the same time, the screenplay is what holds this cast together as well. So I think they, they work off of each other so well, man. It's it's natural, and I got to give it to the cast. The cast does a fantastic job. I do think that you know the cast – you know these casts uh, that this Oscars really, really let this movie – 
get away, man. I think I think it was this movie was definitely snubbed. Definitely snubbed. Awesome. I I look forward to finally getting to see it at some point. Hopefully it comes to the theater here at some point, but I doubt it. We'll see. I might drive somewhere to go see it again. Um but anyway, you want to move on to our Oscar discussion? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, so we finally, finally have our nomination list here, and we'll run through all of them, and we will talk about we'll talk about some of the big moments. We'll talk about some of the surprises. We'll talk about some snubs, um, and just some things that stood out to us. But we won't obviously we won't hit on every single um, we won't talk about every single nominee because I would take absolutely forever, but we'll talk about um, some of the highlights, definitely. But we will mention everything. All right, so you want to start, where do you want to start with? you want to go from the smaller ones to the bigger ones, or do you, you want to work our way down instead? Uh, we can do smaller ones, I guess. All right, let's do that then. Okay, so uh, visual effects, no big surprises here, really. We have Deepwater Horizon, Doctor Strange, uh, The Jungle Book, Kubo and the Two Strings, and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Anything to stand out to you there? I was surprised to see Doctor Strange there. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, you know, we've got a lot of, we got a lot of, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I don't know if, I mean, again, I don't know if it was nominated for that year. Probably but, I mean, was. Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and then also for Kubo, I was like, what, Kubo? Yeah, I, I was mean, surprised by Kubo. That was the one that did stand out to me. I mean, that was. I mean, I mean, I mean, I respect that it got there. I'm not gonna say like it should not have been there, but I mean, I was just, I was surprised to see it there. I mean, I, I I can think of. I mean, even Star Trek. Star Trek easily could have been nominated. I don't know. Whatever. I to Kubo me, did me, definitely stood out to me, but whatever. To me, Star Trek was more of a. It was more of a grounded movie. It wasn't some because to me, it wasn't like a lot of you weren't really. I don't know. It was. I don't know, it was more grounded than okay. into, into darkness, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so costume design. I don't have much to say about this category. I don't know if you do. Um, Allied, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Florence Foster Jenkins, Jackie, and La La Land. Anything? Um, no, not really. I mean, I'm definitely not surprised at all about La La Land. Um, Allied d- definitely stood out to me there, but interesting. Um, all right, makeup and hair, uh, A Man Called Ove, Star Trek Beyond, interesting, uh, and Suicide Squad. Yes, we have to now say Academy Award-nominated Suicide Squad. That is a thing that is happening in the planet. Yes. Um, well, I'm not, I'm definitely <laughs> going to go for the other movie because <laughs> screw Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to, no offense to that person. I mean, I think the person did a pretty good job with the hair and makeup of, uh, you know, yeah, it makes uh, sense. Arabato, and I think she did a great. I think that person also did a great job with Harley Quinn. Yeah. So I'm not like angry or anything. If they now if they got a, like a freaking best director or anything, that's where I'd be like, what the? Like, I'm dropping f bombs on this podcast right now. Because <laughs> I'd be like, what? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely. It makes sense that 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 category that it would be nominated. It's just I I don't know. I have a rough time going. Academy Award nominated Suicide Squad. That's a thing. Um, (laughs) It's a thing in the world. All right. So original song. And this is where things get interesting because we have Audition from La La Land, Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls, City of Stars from La La Land. Yes, that's the second time La La Land has gotten a nomination in this category. 
the empty chair from Jim, the James Foley story, How Far I'll Go from Moana. Yes, not a nomination for Sing Street at all. And that is my first major, major snub because that is ridiculous. That, I, I agree with that. That I, is seriously ridiculous. Justin Timberlake for Trolls and not a nomination for Sing Street. Come on. That's, I mean, it's ridiculous. It, it's, just, it's just so stupid. I would have even given it a, look, you know how much I love the audition scene in La La Land, but the song in and of itself, I mean, the scene is amazing. And when I hear that song, I go back to, to the scene and think of Emma Stone's performance. But the song in and of, in and of itself, I don't know. You're, you're more the music guy than I am. So what do you think about the, this list here? Can't stop the feeling to me shouldn't have been nominated. <laughs> honestly, you. I'm just it. I, that song for me was actually very annoying and sort of <laughs> catchy. I I just wasn't. I just really wasn't feeling it. Um, but to me, I I thought one of at least one of Sing's songs, Sing, uh, Sing Street. Street songs. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Sing Street songs should have been nominated. Like, that movie, that movie had really great original soundtracks yeah. in that movie. It was so good. Um, especially that, that song where he's singing in that, I forgot the name of the song. Private Way He Stole sing, It? I think that's what it's called. Like, yeah. where he's singing in, in the basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Private Like He Stole It. Yeah, that song is so good. I know. That's and the one that everyone thought was going to get nominated. Yeah, mm. man. And I thought that was going to get nominated as too, well, as well. Um, same thing with Addition. I completely agree with you with, with Addition. That, the scene was amazing. I just don't yeah. think the song was... I don't think the song was one that I'd be like, yeah, that's that's definitely going to be an Oscars contender. Yeah. You know, for me, City of Stars was La La Land's Oscar, Oscar yeah. song. Um, I would agree. You know, but again, it's just I, I'm so disappointed in the Oscars that they just skipped right through Sing Street. I know. Um, it, it is, it's really annoying. I mean, very, and to be fair, very, I, I listened to The Empty Chair. Um, it's a fine song. I, I, wanted, like, I wasn't angry that it was nominated or anything. To me, what I would have taken out, first of all, is Can't Stop the Feeling. Um, and secondly, I, if I had to pick a different one, I guess I'd say Audition. Although, like I said, it's a good song. I just don't think it's like, if you're, I think you should only take one from La La Land and it's probably City of Stars. But that's but, my whole thing. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna nominate, it's kind of like for Andrew Garfield. I think I think he did great, and which is why I didn't nominate him twice for my for my thing. You know, he yeah. was he did fantastic. He did fantastic in both uh, roles. That's how mm-hmm. great of an actor he is. He gave his all to these roles. But I have to. It's not fair, you know, for me to choose you twice. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, I need to I need to have more flexibility, and I just don't think that the Oscars were particularly fair uh, with choosing La La Land twice. I, that's just my opinion, though. All right, let's move on to original score. We have Jackie, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, and Passengers. Again, Academy Award nominated Passengers. Let that sink in a little I, bit. I I need to listen to I need to listen to the score again. Yeah. Um. Cause I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say because I'm not I'm not, I don't want to say like the score was horrible. Um. I do think that I had a pretty interesting. From what I remember, I think I had a pretty good score. I just don't, I don't yeah. know if I'd call it Oscar worthy. I just I need to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. Um. If it's one score, I would say that I was kind of surprised is Jackie. Really. Um. Yeah. I the score didn't really. 
I like the score for Jackie. I remember liking I, the score for Jackie. I like the score for Jackie, but I wasn't like, oh my gosh. Uh, for me, again, this would have been something. Understand why Rob Dale wasn't nominated for it because he only had five songs for 20th Century Woman. He was like the oh, main yeah. person with the score. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you know, because but a lot of the other a lot of the other soundtracks in the movie mm-hmm. were bands from like the 70s. Uh, one of, you know, it's just, a, it's just a mixture of music because mm-hmm. they also reference like the nineties, you know, it's, it's like a narrative movie as well. So I understand why he wasn't nominated, even though I think he should have been nominated. I was like, oh yeah. man, if we got like a song or two, maybe, mm-hmm. um, the, the I also two... really like, I also really like the score for Arrival. I think Arrival probably yes. should have been on here. Yep. I think Arrival definitely should have been on here. Um, and also I'm just one more. I'm sorry. Okay, also. Fine. Also, freaking um, <sighs> Patriots Day. The score for Patriots Day. I remember I told you this, so I was like, I think I saw you. After, like, yeah. I think I like, the day after. I'm like, dude, because if you listen to like one of the songs from Patriots Day, I think it's um, let me look it up real quick. But there's a song in there, dude. I was creeped out just listening to it. Like it was intense, but it was uh, it was also like very eerie, and I mm-hmm. really like that song. And I think Patriots Day should have been nominated for best original score. It's interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought of that one. Then that's my thing. Like when I look at this list, Jackie stood out to me obviously, I already said. La La Land, obviously, that was a lock. Um which we'll talk about La La Land as a whole. Fourteen nominations, tying the record. That's crazy. Um but La La Land obviously. Passengers, I do remember that score somewhat, so I guess it that's a good thing. It stood out in some way. Moonlight and Lion, I don't like if you ask me to like kind of think about their I I can't imagine it in my head. So I I don't imagine that's a good thing. Obviously I need to go back and listen to them, but it's something that I it doesn't stick out in my mind. I don't know. So that's not necessarily a good sign, but I would say I agree with you on Arrival. The Arrival score was really good. Again, I have to say, Sing Street. I haven't seen 20th Century Woman, so I can't really speak on that one. But Sing Street, come on. That movie is so good. And the music in that movie, it's so frustrating. How did it not get any nominations? It's crazy. It's frustrating for me that Sing Street did not get any nominations. And La La Land is getting 14 nominations. This is, for me, I might make a bold statement later. But it's it's, it's ridiculous how... How Sing Street didn't even at least get two for music. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Honestly, it's ridiculous. And it's, it really pisses me off because yeah. it's such a great movie Jeez. and it had such a great freaking score. Yeah. <laughs> it pisses me off. I don't, do, you, um, do you want to take a break right here and talk about La La Land real quick? Sure, go ahead. All right. So, 14 nominations. I know you're kind of, because you weren't as hyped on, on La La Land as um, I was, even, or especially Miles, who reviewed it with us as well. Um, I will say this. I think, is La La Land a great movie? Yes. Is it a brilliant movie, in my opinion? Yes. Is it still overrated? Yes. It it is. Uh, 14 nominations is insane. That's honestly what I was going to say. It does not, 14 nominations is, for me, and I hate to say it, I don't think, for me, it's sort of ridiculous. I, it, this is why, like, when it, I'm not saying Miles don't kill me. Sort of, sort of the same thing for Mad Max. I think Mad Max was honestly overrated. This is, this for me is becoming Mad Max again. The movie is, the movie Mad Max was, I think Mad Max was a great film. I think it was a really good movie. 
I think the cinematography was great. It definitely deserved to get. It definitely deserved for costume. It deserved for for cinematography. Um, it deserved for for best director. But I don't think it deserves same. Th- and this goes for Lana as well. It just does not deserve you know all these nominations. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's it, to me 14 nominations. That is ridiculous for this movie. That is ridiculous. The fact that Sing Street, Patriots Day. Um, 20th century woman or even the founder even which is like i'm not gonna i'm not really gonna be upset that the founder didn't get nominated but some other movies you know that didn't get as much nomination like that is ridiculous to me that is ridiculous i I think this is a prime example of a movie that is great but it's still like it's hard to explain because when you say something's overrated obviously the first reaction is for people to go oh so you didn't like it no we liked them. You liked the movie. I freaking loved the movie, but it's still overrated. I mean, it's crazy how many nominations it has. It really is. But whatever. We will move on. Would you on. say that? Would you say that this movie, that La La Land, is better than is better than Whiplash? Ooh, I, see, that's a discussion that I've been having with myself for a while. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's. I think it's close. I think I rated La La Land. I think I gave them a. I might have given them the same, same score actually. So I don't know. I, I really do think they're right there next to each other. Um, but it, again, Whiplash was it only got a few nominations. It definitely it definitely got some respect, but it wasn't like this kind of love, obviously. So I don't know. All right, let's move on to production design. It's the next category here. All right, we have Arrival, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Interesting. Hail Caesar. La La Land, and again, Passengers. Passengers, two nominations. Um, I don't geez. understand how the hell Passengers got the... Th- I mean... Uh, Pass- uh, I, passengers, it was it was good production design. It just, I, I don't know, it didn't necessarily like stand out. Like If I, I were to I mean, nominate honest, things myself, I, mean, I wouldn't have thought of honestly, it. Honestly, Passengers is surprising the hell out of me right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this movie's getting not... I don't know. Um, whatever. Um, hey, at least Jennifer Lawrence didn't get nominated for this one. She got nominated. <laughs> what, am I like, what? I wouldn't. Honestly, I would stop in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, so Arrival, definitely. I understand Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Definitely Hail Caesar as well. That was good. Passengers is definitely the one that sticks out to me there. Um, it just kind of pops as like, oh, that, I wasn't expecting that to be there. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts on that? I honestly, I probably would have. No, you know what? I would have given that one to pay to uh, Deepwater Horizon. I think Deepwater okay. Horizon was really good with the production, uh, with the production design, um, especially, especially e- maybe even Patriots Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the production design for both those movies were honestly great i really love the production value and the design of it all mm-hmm. so all right so let's move on to sound mixing um we have arrival hacksaw ridge la la land rogue one a star wars story and 13 hours the secret soldiers of the benghazi yes that is the michael bay directed film that came out in like february i think um, I heard that movie wasn't bad i heard it was okay I, it's it's okay yeah that's how i describe it it's okay but i mean definitely Sound sound mixing in that um, for that movie it makes sense. I mean these war movies generally, um, unless they're horribly done, they kind of get these kind of awards. Um, so it, it makes sense there. And then the one that stands out to me because for one reason, 
for one reason. I actually just today, the day of recording, which is a Tuesday, we're recording on a Tuesday, was texting um, our mutual friend, Niall, who has been on this podcast before. And he, or was it earlier today? It might have been a few days ago. But he was talking about how much he loved La La Land, and he said that um, his one issue with La La Land was that at times the sound mixing was horrible. He honestly, he hated the sound mixing in the first scene especially. He thought it was really off at times. And I'm now that he says that, that really stands out to me that it got the nomination. I didn't, I thought it was fine. I mean, it didn't stand out to me in the two times that I saw it. But I don't know. Do you have anything that stands out to you in sound mixing? Um... I mean, I can't really say anything about Thirteen Hours just because I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, if I'm gonna say, I mean, for me, the the ones that are tied for this one is either Rogue One. I think the Simon for Rogue One was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Hacksaw Ridge again. I really love the sound mixing for Hacksaw Ridge. And yeah. the Same thing goes Definitely. for Arrival. Um, I think those three. If I were, if it were me, I mean, those three would be in the ones that are that are bumping heads right now. Um. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to sound editing. I th- or did they? I don't know. This is sound design, isn't it? I don't know. Whatever. All right, another the second sound category. <laughs> we have Arrival, Deepwater Horizon, which we finally called, we called on the on the podcast when we reviewed it. We said Deepwater Horizon. The sound design is amazing, and it's going to get nominated, and it was. Um, I'm excited for Peter Berg that yeah. his movie's getting nominated for something. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have Hacksaw Ridge as well. Again, war movies. Um, La La Land, interesting. And Sully. <laughs> Academy Award nominated Sully. Um, yeah. That's a thing. Um, so, yeah. The sound for Sully was, was actually really good, though. I'm not going to. Yeah, gonna I'm not saying it's not. The one that. I don't know. The one that stands out to me again is La La Land. I, it's. La La Land, honestly, the sound editing stopped. What stopped? To me, that why is this there? Why? There's no reason for La La Land to be there just because it's a freak. I'm going to go on a rant one of these days about La La Land. Um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely think for some of these, it, it's just the momentum of it that it was getting so much love that it was the first thing in people's heads. I don't know. Just, uh, that, honestly, is so overrated. But, anyways, I think. I really hope that Deepwater Horizon wins it because the sound I, I still remember I the sound to this day. I'm yeah. just like I remember seeing it, I'm just like, damn, like just the sound I'm like, oh god, like it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um so good. And it worked so well with the cinematography as well. You know, it was so well. Those yeah. two went hand in hand and I honestly I loved it. Yeah, to me that's the clear winner. So I, I agree. All right, we'll move on to editing. Um we have Arrival. Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, La La Land, and Moonlight. What are you thinking? You said you said editing, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, Arrival I definitely. I, I to me that was the easy choice. I mean, you definitely have to go Arrival. Um, Hacksaw just for the war scenes alone, definitely. Um, Heller Highwater is an interesting choice. I wouldn't have. That's not the first thing I would have thought of. But yeah, I mean, I don't think Heller Highwater should be there. Um, La La Land, I, guess, I can see definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'll give that. That's probably one of the only ones I can actually give to La La Land is is film editing. Uh, the one I don't know what I'd substitute Heller Highwater with. I don't know. 
I, it's yeah, it's definitely interesting. I don't. I'm trying to think from what came out earlier this year. It's hard for these um, some of these categories to just think off the top of your head. I definitely agree with you there. I don't know, but yeah, Hell or High Water is the, again. It's not like I don't think it was poorly edited or anything. It's just not the first thing I would have thought of. But do you agree that Arrival definitely in Hacksaw Ridge? Definitely, 100% oh, okay. agree with you yeah. All right, so let's move on to best foreign language film. And this is the one that I will just say I have not seen any of these because um, L was shamelessly not or shamefully not nominated. So I've not seen any of these, but it's basically my guide for things I need to watch in the next month. Um, we have A Man Called Ove from Sweden, Landmine, Land of Mine from Denmark, uh, Tana or Tana from Australia, The Salesman from Iran, and Tony Erdman from Germany. Um, so yeah, you obviously, you haven't seen any of these as well, right? Nope, I yeah. have no idea. They're actually, a lot of them are playing at the FAU Theater, so if you want to see them, you probably could. Um, just Tana so. should not have been nominated. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> um, I have the one I've consistently actually seen Tony Erdman on like people's legit, like actual top ten lists. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing that one. That's the German one. So, yeah, it, it's definitely that's like my guide for things I need to watch in the next month or so. So, all right, um, we we don't have to go through all these shorts just because uh, nobody's heard of them. And again, I'll probably try to watch some of them, but or at least most of them. So we have documentary shorts, all these different things. We'll skip through some of them. Um, documentary, we'll, we'll touch on this just because there's some of them that are actually rather, um, well heard of. So we have thir- the 13th, um, that is definitely one that is one of the most well known of the year because that is the Ava DuVernay, um, directed documentary on Netflix. So I have not seen it because uh, I, again, I was, this is one of those categories where I kind of wait until I see what's going to get nominated. Then I watch them to try to catch up. Um, yeah, so Fire at Sea is another one. I Am Not Your neg- Negro, um, Life Animated. Again, I've heard of that one. Almost watched it, actually. I just, um, didn't, never got around to actually starting it. And then OJ Made America, which I believe that's that ESPN 30 for 30 thing, um, which they put in theaters for like a week so that it would qualify for the Oscars, which is crazy to me. It's like seven hours and critics actually sat there in the theater for seven hours to watch this thing, um, which is insane to me. But yeah, uh, so let's move on to cinematography, um, which some people might say is your favorite category, Ozzy. Yes. (laughs) Um, Arrival, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, and Silence. I am definitely, I think the competitors here are Arrival and Silence. I think those two are definitely in the top when it comes to the most beautifully shot films. Um, that's why I wanted the poster for Arrival so bad because that shot of that spaceship and then when they're, they're going there. Yeah. I think that is such a beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with Silence, you know, when you're seeing, uh, some, when you're seeing the landscape of Japan, I really love those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love I love the way that they they get some of these get some of these angles. Um, Silence La- got robbed, man. Uh, overall, man. So which one got robbed? Silence. But we'll we'll get there. Overall, I'm but talking about Silence is Silence got robbed on a lot of things, man. Um, but Moonlight, there was I, I like what they did 
I know, I know you weren't as huge fan of the, of the cinematography. Yeah. The cinematography in Moonlight, it kind of, just the way, I remember, like, the opening scene. I liked what they were doing somewhat, but just, like, when it, it came to, like. It was too artsy for me, man. I couldn't do it. No, when it came to, like, the bottom of the screen, that's what bothered me. If you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I didn't mind the circular mov- movement around Ma- Mahershala Ali, but it's just the bottom, the bottom screen. Yeah. Excuse me, is what bothered me. But overall, I thought the cinematography was great. Lion, I I'm not really upset about Lion. Lion had its had its moments. Um, when it came when it came to the cinematography, La La Land is the one where I'm just like, ah! really? I loved yeah. the way La La Land was shot. I thought it was no, beautiful. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember I had I had problems with the uh, some of the editing and everything with that movie. Yeah. Um, again, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it's not it's not something I'm just like it needs to win best cinematography. It's but it not, could be not. Again, I don't think it deserves to win either. Well, I mean, I would probably give it to Arrival or Silence. I agree, but to me, La La Land is definitely number three out of this bunch. But whatever. Um, I I, think I don't Moonlight remember is, the Moonlight should have been uh, Moonlight three. or Lion should have been number three. I disagree. Honestly. Um, well, we'll talk about that once we get to predicting who's going to win and all that, um, which that'll be a fun conversation. All right. So original screenplay, we have 20th century women, um, Heller Highwater, La La Land, The Lobster and Manchester by the Sea. Um, Manchester by the Sea, even I who I wasn't the biggest fan of Manchester by the Sea. Again, I haven't watched it a second time. We have this conversation like every time. But um, I, I, even I will admit that the, the screenplay for Manchester by the Sea, definitely I completely agree with that. The Lobster is interesting. I, it's a weird one. I That's one of those yeah, things I mean, you've, when... Yeah, you've, it's funny because you've seen, like, we've seen four of, this, like, of these movies. Yeah. I haven't seen The Lobster and you haven't seen 20th Century. Exactly. Ones. The Lobster's interesting because it's one of those situations where I didn't think of it because of, you know, when I mentioned um, Swiss Army Man, when I was talking about, like, who I would like to see for Best Picture, and you were like, it's just such a weird movie that not, is not for everybody. And that's the exact same thing I would say to The Lobster being nominated in this category. It's just like, it's so weird that I don't, I just don't know that I could get it there, you know? It's, cause it's definitely not a movie for everybody. That's for freaking sure. You're either gonna love that movie or gonna hate it. I was kinda, but I was weird. I was kind of somewhat in the middle, I guess. But, um, La La Land definitely makes sense. Um, I, if, I agree with that one. I don't know about you, but and then Hell or High Water again. That was one that I was freaking pounding the table for as soon as I freaking saw the movie when we reviewed it, and I was like, Ozzy, why didn't we watch this one first? Or why didn't you tell because me to watch Kubo. this one first? Kubo. I know, but Hell or High Water was amazing, and the screenplay so was, was one of the Kubo. things I was like, Jeff Bridges and the screenplay going to get nominated, and hey, it is. The and I was so happy. For Kubo and the oh come on! Come on! Uh, but Hell or High Water, yes, so happy. No, Hell or High Water was. I'm definitely excited for that movie. That movie definitely, the screenplay for that movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Manchester by the Sea. Come on, guys. You know, <laughs> that's one of my movie of, of the year so far. Come on, guys. La La Land. I'm gonna give it to La La Land. La La Land deserves it for this one. It really does. Um, I'm not pissed off about this category. This category, it has. Listen, man, you write your music. You got some really great lines in this movie. It's fantastic. Um, again, I. You know, I don't really have something that can switch up for the lobster if I really think about it. Um, but, you know, again, I, it's not something that I'm, I mean, I, I want to see the lobster now. 
But I think, I, again, I would have given... If I, I would be really up, interested to see what you think of that movie. It's just so out there. Yeah, but um, if I had to switch out something, it would have been either with Captain Fantastic mm-hmm. or with Sing Street. Um, I think the screenplay for both those movies were really good. Uh, well, you know, okay, this is one I haven't brought up yet, but I will bring it up now. The Witch. How in the freaking world is that movie not nominated for Best Original Screenplay? Because that movie is incredible. Or even if, because I know it's based on, like, folk lore or whatever, so would you say adapted? I would have given it, I would have given The Witch. Okay, talking about cinematography, if I would have switched out, I would have switched out La La Land for The Witch. I think The Witch had fantastic cinematography mm-hmm. i mean that movie had me drawn in um, so, so the way that movie is shot wow it's yeah. so beautiful even the production design mm-hmm. is amazing um and also the costuming for that movie is is fantastic oh, i agree that's another production design is definitely now that you say that definitely uh this yeah. is i should have had this list up before i was pulling up my like um, my nominations. I was like, man, I should have pulled that out before. But yeah, The Witch should have gone in a lot of these categories, actually, now that I think about it. But yeah, I definitely would have put in an original screenplay. Um, it would have probably been my number two, to be honest. Um, right behind Hell or High Water. Um, yeah, are you happy with the 20th Century Women nod? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely glad that I at least got, uh, best screenplay because yeah. it deserves best screenplay. I'm telling you, man. You would be you'd be on board with me for that. Right. I don't know if like I like I said, I don't know if you'd love the movies Mr. Allah, but I think to me like that movie is just the screenplay is really what glues it all together. So definitely, definitely really glad for that screenplay. Alright, alright. Now uh, we will move on to adapted screenplay. Um Deadpool fans were patiently waiting to try to see if Deadpool would get nominated, and it was thankfully not. Um <laughs> we had Arrival, Fences, Hidden Figures. Lion and Moonlight. Um, obviously, I think we're both on the same page with the fences one, correct? What do you mean, like for 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 that it shouldn't be there or yeah. what? Yeah. Um. Are you think, with that? I'm okay with it. I'm okay with. It. I'm, I'm not, not, man. I'm okay with it, man. I mean, I think. I think it deserves to be there. I really do. Because, I mean, when you're, I mean, changing, I mean, I, for me, I liked it. For me, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not upset. Okay. Well, but let me, let me see if I change your mind when I list off some of the snubs in this category. Okay. Silence. Nocturnal animals. I mean, and and I, I had Sing Street, but that's not, that's an original. So, silence and nocturnal animals, not nominated in this category. Come on. If I had to take out something, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm not mad that it's nominated, but if I if I could switch it for something, I would put it for nocturnal animal animals or silence. I mean, okay. but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yeah. angry that that fences is there. I'm not like it shouldn't be here. Like but nocturnal no, I mean, animals should have. That's why I'm saying, and I, I'm saying nocturnal yeah. animals definitely should have. If I'm, okay, and if, if you I'm have not, to I'm take not, something out, it has to be fences. So you would keep you would you would have kept lion on there, yes. And Hidden I also figures. well, that's the other one. And this one, I know you would probably get mad at me. I would definitely take in figures out and I would put silence in there. But you're I know you disagree. You're ridiculous. Come on, silence is written so well. Um, so was in figures, bro. What do you no, mean? No, <laughs> I I mentioned in my negatives. Go back and listen to my review. In my negatives was some really cheesy and bad moments in the script. 
because I do think that there were some really poor moments and uh, <laughs> some moments that um, were not helped by Kevin Costner at times. But um, I, I do think that there were some really bad moments in the script, and that's why that was one of my negatives, and that's why I would definitely take it out. I wouldn't take it out, but this is that's just me. Yeah, I know. Just... We disagree on hidden figures quite a bit, actually. So, all right. Let, do you want to move on? Yeah, you can go. Yeah, all right. Go. So, we, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of skip over animated short and we'll go straight to animated feature. I mean, animated short, Piper, makes sense, um, and Borrowed Time. I, those are the two that I've seen. And to me, out of those two is Borrowed Time, but I haven't seen the other ones. I need to watch them. Isn't Borrowed Borrowed Time the one with, like, the 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 cowboy who's, like, his dad died and things like that? Oh, that was so good. Yeah. I can't see anything being better than that, but, again, we haven't (laughs) seen the other three, so. (laughs) All right. Animated feature. I haven't seen the other four. You haven't? You've seen Piper. That was in front of Dory. Oh, yeah. That was so cute. Okay. Jeez. That was a high-pitched noise, man. All right. Animated feature. Kubo and the Two Strings. Moana. My Life as a Zucchini. The Red Turtle. And Zootopia. I mean, well, you know my thoughts on Zootopia, so I won't go down that road. Um, but, uh, I haven't seen the other two, but yeah, if I had to put one in, I would have put Finding Dory. I think Finding Dory deserves, deserves to at least be nominated. I mean, I'd put it over Zootopia if that means anything. <laughs> you really did not like Zootopia. I don't know. I, I like, think it's good, but again, it's one of those where I'm like vastly. This is way more overrated than even La La Land, and it's like, ugh, I don't know. It's, I disagree. It's with a you good there, movie man. that it doesn't deserve to be in this category. Uh, whatever. I disagree with you. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I can't say that because again, I haven't seen My Life as a Zucchini or The Red Turtle, but. This is definitely, I mean, you would say it's not even a race, but I would say it's a two-horse race between Kubo and Moana. If Kubo doesn't (laughs) win. (laughs) I knew this was going to send you off. If Kubo doesn't win, I'm going to lose respect for the Oscars. (laughs) Honestly. Because it's ridiculous. Oh my gosh, Disney. I don't give a damn. Kubo deserves to win. I mean, who has not seen Kubo? Kubo oh is such a beautiful story, which is why I would not have been pissed if it even gotten like best screenplay. Because I think, I think the script for that movie is also amazing. I think the script for that movie is really brilliant, and I think the animation, the animation of this movie is fantastic. So it better win. I better right. be live. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on because we're actually taking up some time here. So let's let's move on to best director, and then we'll move on to the acting categories. Um, and the well, we've talked about these these categories a lot more, so we should be able to get through them. All right. So best director, we have La La Land for Damien Chazelle, obviously Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, uh, Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea, and. Uh, Dennis Villanueva, or however you say his name, for Arrival. Um, no real surprises here. This is exactly how I kind of saw it going. Obviously, I disagree with some of these, but I mean, this is pretty much how you had to see it going, right? Yeah, let me go to Best Arrest. Who, who would you have taken out? I mean, I definitely would have put in Scorsese in there. I think it. I, I don't know what happened with Silence, man, because I think it's partially has to do with the. The marketing for the movie, they they started marketing really late, and I don't think that helped. 
and the really, really late release date didn't help as well. I, I don't know. I think this Silence should have gotten a lot more nominations, and Director is definitely one of them. To me, he is clearly a snub in this category, but, I mean, I, again, there were no kind of signs pointing to him getting nominated. So it, that's why I'm not I mean, as I mean, shocked, but, but me, I think he should have been nominated. Like, to me, but, like, who who would have you taken – like, well, who would you have taken out? All right, I've already said it, but – Again, even though even if I end up seeing the movie again and liking it, it's not a director driven film. That's why I would say Manchester by the Sea. Uh, and even uh, okay, I think Mel Gibson was nominated basically just for the war scenes because I do have major pacing issues with that movie. And that's on the director. So I, I don't know. I, I definitely even I would have taken out Gibson or Kenneth Lawner again. And then, obviously, you know my thing, feelings on, I'm not going to go into it, Robert Eggers for The Witch, but, um, and then even Tom Ford. Think about how hard it was to juggle all those storylines. Tom Ford. Jeez. Yeah, they should have been nominated for editing anyway, but whatever. Uh, anything stand out to you? Any snubs or surprises in there? Um, I mean, I'm just going to say this. I mean, this was a very, competitive year for Oscars because you had a ton of great movies this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, was Silence, La La Land, Hacksaw Ridge, Moonlight, Manchester, Arrival, um, etc. I mean, so... I mean, these... I mean, hmm, I mean, this is... I'll have to see these movies again and then I'll have to decide because that's how... I mean, that's how difficult it is, you know? Um, I think, for instance, for 20th Century Woman, that director should have been nominated. Tom Ford... Should have been nominated. I mean, Martin Scorsese again. He did a fantastic job. So again, I mean, I just I have to see these movies again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nominated the nominated movies again to really have like a better perspective. Um, for me to say that. All right, fair enough. All right, so let's move on to uh, best supporting actress. We have Viola Davis for Fences, Naomi Harris, Moonlight, Nicole Kidman, Lion. Octavia Spencer, Hidden Figures, and Michelle Williams, Manchester by the Sea. Uh, no real surprises here. We knew it was going to go to basically those four were locks. Viola Davis, Naomi Harris, Nicole Kidman, and Michelle Williams. And then Octavia Spencer, It. I knew the fifth one was going to go to one of the Hidden Figures girls. Didn't know exactly which one, but uh, I would have personally given it to Janelle Monae over Octavia Spencer, but I'm not going to argue with Octavia Spencer. Um, and then... Again, we talked about this already, but Michelle Williams, I I just, there wasn't enough of her in it. But again, we don't need to go over that again because we discussed it in the last episode, so. Um, if I had to take out one, it would be Michelle Williams, and I would put in Ellie Fanning. Whoa, really? Ellie that Fanning. is interesting. Yes, because Ellie Fanning does... I really, really loved her performance in there, and I think, I think that I think she needed to be nominated. Um, like I said, if I'm going to take out one, um, it's, I mean, again, it's a close tie between Nicole Kidman and Michelle Williams. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not. Um, I mean, I think she deserves to be. I think she deserves to be nominated. But again, you know, it's just Ellie Fanning's performance for me definitely deserves to be nominated. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't be happy about me taking out Michelle Williams, but I mean, again, it's Ellie Fanny did such a fantastic job. Yeah. So, um, definitely. All right. So let's move on to supporting actor. 
Um, Marshallah Ali for Moonlight, Jeff Bridges, Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges, Manchester by the Sea, um, Deb Patel, Lion, and Michael Shannon, Nocturnal Animals. Um, sorry, Ozzy, no Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> Again, that's a debate we definitely have. We have an entire episode that's basically devoted to that debate. We're not going to get into So it. we won't get into that one, but I'm <laughs> very... We're not going to get into it. Dude, when they announced these nominations, I was just so happy for both Michael Shannon and Jeff Ridges because I thought those are the two that I was really rooting for. Obviously, I was also rooting for John Goodman, but he's a completely forgotten performance at this point, which is a freaking shame. Um, Rashala Ali, not a surprise, saw that coming. Depp Patel, not a surprise, saw that coming. Uh, Lucas Hedges, uh, again, I'm not gonna fight that one at all, but, uh, it's, uh, I wasn't expecting think, it necessarily. I think you really undermined that man's performance. No, in I'm not, I'm not saying it was a, I don't say it, he didn't deserve it, I just wasn't expecting it, that's all I'm saying. Hmm, hmm, okay, alright. <laughs> I mean, the only one I'm really upset about is, uh, Again, it's Aaron Taylor Johnson, man. But that's about it. I mean, I'm not really, I'm not you, really gonna say. What you would have taken out Shannon? Um, I'm trying <laughs> really? to think. Exactly, no, it's honestly. tough. It's a difficult category. It really and, that's, is. and that's the same thing with the directors, man. It's yeah. just so tough. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, um, like I said, I mean, if I had to take out, it would be Shannon. But again, I wouldn't be happy about it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like this is. I'd be cutting myself by putting this guy in there, so it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not something I'm I'm happy about. But again, I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not really upset about these nominations. Yeah. All right, let's go to lead actress, and this is where the talking point is. This is where all of the anger is coming from, and this is probably widely considered the biggest snub um, in the entire nominations list. Here, we have lead actress Isabel Huppert, L. Ruth Nega, Loving, Natalie Portman, Jackie, Emma Stone, La La Land, Meryl Streep, Florence Foster Jenkins. And here's where the snub is. We have no Amy Adams for Arrival. That, I, yeah. That is ridiculous. If I had to take two people out, it would be, it'd be Natalie Portman and Meryl Streep. <laughs> Natalie Portman and Meryl Streep would have been, would have been the people for me to be like, okay. See, um, Meryl Streep is definitely the one that most people are saying that they would have taken out for Amy Adams. I disagree, definitely, because, again, Meryl Streep carried that movie. Carried it. Um, I think I, I mean, personally would have I, taken, I said this on Twitter to somebody earlier, I would have taken Ruth Nega out, but I would have been painful. I would have been like, oh, I don't want to do this, but no, I it's think, such I a think difficult Ruth- category. No, I I think I think Natalie Portman and Meryl Streep would have been my two ones to give to Amy Adams and Annette Bening. Um, Annette Bening did surprise. I'm shocked. I'm honestly Annette shocked that Annette Bening wasn't Benning, nominated. This is the one that really pisses me off. Annette Bening should have been nominated. Carlos, when I told you she gave such a great performance, bro, she gave like she carried a lot of that freaking movie, man. Like mm-hmm. you're talking about Meryl Streep, she, you know, she had. Annette Benning had such great chemistry with so many of those characters and and the way that she just delivered those 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 lines like the one I mentioned to you that's in the trailer mm-hmm. you know it really hits you um and I am just so upset that she did not get nominated it is ridiculous to me that you know that Mel Streep got nominated um I mean again it's not it's not something I'm like oh my gosh but um 
Natalie Portman's Jackie. It's not. I'm not saying that she didn't do a fantastic. I'm not saying she didn't do a great job, but for me, Annette Bening gave a stronger performance. Um, so again, so Those did are Amy fighting Adams. words, man. Those are fighting words. You are really down on Natalie Portman's performance, and I honestly don't get it. She transforms in that movie. She is Jackie Kennedy in that movie. It's. I'm pissed. I'm insane. <laughs> really, I, I mean, Natalie Portman is not. She's the farthest. She, her, and Emma Stone are the farthest away from being pulled for a, Amy Adams. I definitely, I, I do think I Amy Adams is too. a snub. I agree, but to me, again, it. I do agree. It's Mer- Meryl Streep. She's the reason why, on the, the reason edge, why but Ruth Negga. Yeah, the reason why I haven't mentioned Isabel Huber is Hubert is because I haven't seen Elle. You need to see um, her. But I mean, again, I'm She's not gonna, great. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take her out because I haven't seen it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to lead actor. Um, maybe the most unsurprising category. <laughs> I don't know. It's like basically exactly how we expected. Casey Affleck. Um, obviously, he's your clear aren't favorite. These, aren't these like the main? Are these the same exact people that we got for the? Golden Globes? No, because there's two separate categories for the Golden Globes because they're stupid. Um, so we have Casey Affleck, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling for La La Land, Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, Denzel Washington for Fences. Uh, I saw Casey Affleck, Andrew Garfield, Ryan Gosling, and Denzel Washington all coming. That Those were definitely going to happen. They were basically locks. Viggo Mortensen, really, a little surprising, but... Again, be, based on some of his other nominations that he was getting, I believe he even got a SAG awards or a SAG nomination. So, again, not too surprising. Um, anything stand out to you there? No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really mad about this. I think, uh, I think they all did. I think they're doing good. I mean, I they're all you, did well, you know me. Job. I would have put in, put or put in Joel Edgerton for Loving because, I, again, I think he is what stood out in that movie to me. But um, who would you have taken out? You would have taken out uh, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. I would have probably taken out Denzel. Fair, fair. I, I think it's definitely um, between those two if I or, had to pick one. Or or even if I had to pick or out Or Gosling. Like, I would okay, have put the if other I had to Gosling. Take out, okay, if I had to take out Vio Morrison and Denzel, Jake Gyllenhaal for Nocturnal Animals. Oh, true. Let's not forget him. And yeah. then who else did I have? Uh, let me go on my notes real quick. I know I had somebody yeah, that you were that's, so, that's sort of, what I was just pulling out that um, you were surprised by. Um. Oh, and I also would have put in Mark Wahlberg for oh, Patriots right. Day. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah, you actually you have you have to sit down and talk about why you're not liking Patriots Day as much as you did. But um, uh, we'll talk I mean, again, about it. But yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it sometime. But <laughs> um, again, I mean, I just I really. I really love those. Uh, I really love those performances. So again, I mean, if I had to take out two people, it would have been those. Um, but again, I mean, I'm not. This I'm not something that I'm like passionately mad about. The biggest snub for me is Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, mm-hmm. where is his nomination? But um, other than that, um, let's get to Best Picture. Yep, Best Picture. Yeah. We have Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures. La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Um, again, no silence. That to me, that's absolutely insane. That's that's insane to me. I I don't get it. But I don't uh, get why 20th Century Woman is on this on this one either. It's fair. Um, 
I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've heard great things, and I'm literally looking forward to it. Um, if Pate, I had to take Nocturnal I Animals, I, I knew that that was a long shot, but come on. It's just the the for me. It's just the last. It's the opening. It's the opening five minutes that kills it for me, and then it raises back up when we're done with it. You know what I'm saying? I, guess. I think that's where Tom Ford probably made his mistake in this movie is that opening scene. Because <laughs> I feel really like think it probably, hurt it that much. I feel like I feel like it probably would have gotten oh, a best man. picture nod if it wasn't for those five that's minutes. Insane. Because uh, I thought it was a different movie. I was, I was I remember asking him like, Carlos, like, is this the right movie? <laughs> I mean, I think. I mean, I yeah. think. Um, I think if it wasn't for those credits, um, it you know would have um, it would have it would have probably made best picture. Yeah. If I had to take out, if I had to take out two movies, it probably would have been Lion and Fences. Yeah, I agree. Those are the two that I actually. Well, I would also say Hidden Figures, but I know I'm you're you're not gonna agree with me there. Um, but uh, no, for me, Hidden Figures, the screenplay. And the cast worked so well together. I disagree on the uh, screenplay, but um, but um, yeah, I, I to me the my... snubs are Nocturnal Animals and Silence, and then I would also say Sing Street, and then you know, again, I will say you know me and the Witch. I would also say the Witch, but I, that again, I knew that was a long shot as well. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. It's a disappointing Best Picture category for me. There's definitely some ones in there that I'm like, yes, very happy that they got nominated, but. There's like two, really three that I would have been like, eh, I would have been fine if that wasn't in there. But again, whatever. Even four, honestly. But whatever. But I know one of them. I'm in the vast minority for one of them. So, all right. Which one are you talking? Manchester. But we don't need to get into You're that. You're ridiculous. <laughs> I really don't know why you didn't like that movie so much. It pisses me off. Like I want, literally, when you get back, we're gonna sit down. I'm gonna buy the DVD. And we're gonna watch that damn movie, and I and I don't want to see you cry. That's I'm not gonna cry. That's for sure. Watch. Um, watch. Yeah, I was waiting for it to make me cry all movie, and it didn't. Um, but anyway. All right, <laughs> we will move on. Um, so now we're going to go to um, our Rebels recap. We'll kind of skip over recommendations um, for this episode because we just do not have the time for it, um, to be honest. But we will actually be throwing it over to um, the Rebels recap. And you, instead of our transition music, you will be hearing Jesse's intro music. So stay tuned for that. Pull up, swing, headshot, swing, sit down, swing, then do a swing, pass out, swing, wake up, swing, fade it, swing, fade it, swing. Grew around some people living their life in bottles. Granddaddy had the golden All right, that was uh, that was something. <laughs> you know you love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I enjoy it. I don't know if it's uh, gonna replace our Rebels recap intro of music. Though. I think that might have to get saved for yeah. when I come in for other things. Uh, but anyway, uh, we had a good episode this week. Yes, it was um, the best episode in a while. Return uh, or no? Trials of the Dark Saber. Yeah. Um, so this one kicks off with uh, Finn Rao uh, going and talking to Kanan, and Kanan's like, hey, look, I got the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about how Sabine obviously knows what it is, but she's afraid to use it. Um, 
And uh, then we go through and hear some history about it. That was yeah. really cool. The way they did that, too, with like yes, the, I really the animation like coming off of the Darksaber. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, we hear the story about uh, Tara, Viz- Tara Vizla, mm-hmm. um, the first Jedi- Mandalorian Jedi Knight. And um, Was that in Legends? Um, Legends... There, oh gosh, guys! There's an open mic night. If you can hear that in the <laughs> background, I'm sorry. It's well, all right. We'll but, work around it. Anyway, um, legends are complicated with the Mandalorians. Um, they were very different in Legends. Yeah. Uh, if you want more information about that, I really think we don't have much time here. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> go to Star Wars Explained, and he's got some great videos about uh, on YouTube about that. Um, especially about Tara Vizla, Legends versus Canon, because it's complicated. But if you if you look, uh, you he's like the first Mandalorian to become a Jedi. There were Jedi's that, or some Jedi that became Mandalorians, but um, yeah, it's complicated in Legends. So, uh, but yeah, it's really it's really cool, and that could be building up to like an ancient Jedi Order, like Old Republic kind of deal in the mm-hmm. future. So I'm all for that, as we've discussed earlier. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, so they decide to they convince convince Sabine to use the dark saber to reunite Mandalore. I called that in an yeah. earlier episode this season that she is going to become Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mandalore is the title of the leader of the Mandalorians uh, traditionally. Uh, but uh, yeah, she's going to use. The, I think she's going to use the dark saber to do that. They finally convinced her to do that um, because it has a lot of symbolism. But we get uh, Kanan. And Ezra training her, and Kanan's taking a very different approach. Carlos, uh-huh. you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, it was kind of, it, it was a little, it, would you say it was Sith? I would say it's definitely uh, a little leaning dark. I, okay, I said Sith while we were watching yeah. it because I got overexcited. <laughs> um, because I mean, it's interesting how he was doing that. It was definitely more aggressive, and it, he not was, at all how he trained Ezra, really. No, but I think he's scared of how he trained Ezra because yeah, of... Like how Ezra's turning out. Ezra's, yeah. he's seen the dark side in Ezra. Yeah, and um, so. I, yeah, I really did like the training stuff and Ezra going through the forms with her. All this basic kind of stuff that she's just like. And what? That was refreshing doing? too. Like we see, we've seen a lot of growth in Ezra, yeah. but when he gets the chance to teach, he's yes. like a little jumping around little kid uh-huh. again. Like, all but he also shows his maturity in his, his maturity in the Force and in like right. his general he was, stuff. He knows what he's talking about. He was emotionally like jumping around and like, oh boy, yeah. I get to do this. But he was taking it very seriously, yes. and he was a lot more patient. Than exactly. Him. But then the way they finally get her to understand is they combine some Mandalorian stuff like she gets those like gauntlets that mm-hmm. Jango Fett has which mm-hmm. was awesome with the darts and the grappling hook yeah. and the flamethrower um, but also like Kanan's going at her and we get some great character development yeah. we find out that why she turned away from mm-hmm. the Empire because they were using her to develop weapons that they were using against her home planet yeah and now she's going to try to go back and rescue from them from that. Yeah. It looks like we're going to get that in the next episode, too. The next episode's called Legacy of Mandalore. Yeah, coming out a while ago, or a while now, so it's going to be... February 18th. Uh, yeah, but I, I really do like that they're developing Sabine because she is probably one of the most underused characters on the show. I really, yep. She's such a great character, and I think they need to touch on her more. Um, and I do... Like, like that when they start to go out because she starts to use the Mandalorian stuff and Kanan kind of gets frustrated with her for using it mm-hmm. and he's like 
if you don't remember, the Jedi won the war. Which was a great was, reference back yeah. to, like, Revan and that whole yeah, time. Which exactly. we get, we've been getting a lot of in the past two seasons, referencing mm-hmm. that old time. So I feel like that's a lot of nodding of what's coming. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's coming, too. Um, but anyway, so we... That that was really interesting. Like, I, I think he was genuinely frustrated with her for using that. And then yep. she kind of gets really mad at him, says some rude things to him. Um, and then they kind of go at each other. And then she kind of adapts both ways of doing it. And I love that because yes. she was able to use kind of both Kanan sides. And accepted that yes. as well. Like, he, she was frustrated, he was frustrated. But then he's like, okay, she's not... A Jedi. She yeah. can't use the Force. Exactly. So she has to compensate where, however she can, mm-hmm. and that's where she's going to have to do it. Yeah. And uh, so she's a, she's a great swordsman and a great fighter already. So mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's not going to end well. No. I feel like her family is going to stand against her, the Vizslas, because yeah. that most of them are loyal to to uh, Death Watch and to the Empire. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because like we kind of we know like the Mandalorians they're not really involved too much in the original trilogy at all. Really, they're not. And they, the Hera even mentioned they want to use the Mandalorians um, in their siege of Lothal. Exactly, they've been building to this entire season, and yeah. I hope they hurry up and get to. Well, yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this show can take its time sometimes. Uh, we'll probably get in like the last episode or so. Yeah, but anyway. I don't know. It's it's a little annoying that we kind of know where things end up in a sense, um, but I don't know. It's it's also kind of sad because I'm, I'm like wondering. I know it doesn't work out as well as we want it to at least. Right. I'm wondering if this is going to be the last time we see Sabine. Probably Maybe. is a constant character because I feel like this isn't going to be a cut and dry thing. I think yeah, this is definitely. going to ignite civil war mm-hmm. on Mandalore and. That would make some great content later yeah. on for different formats, but I'm kind of sad that we're not going to see it as yeah. much here. I feel you. Anything else from this episode before uh, we talk about something else? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't want to waste too much or use too much time on this because I, I want to get into uh, some <laughs> other news that came out this week. Yes, but, more um, Star Wars news. That's all I've got for this. I'm really excited to see how this uh, progresses and everything, though. Uh, definitely, definitely. So, our other news this week is an announcement for the title of Episode 8. Yep. Last of the Jedi. Or the Last Jedi. Isn't or, it? That's right. Sorry, yeah. guys. La- Sorry. So, <laughs> I'm a little... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> the Last Jedi. Yes. So, um, I'm really excited about that title. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious as to why all the text is in red this time. No, very interesting. I don't know. It's got a dark. It seems like it's going to have a dark tone, mm-hmm. judging by that. Um, the title, even that's, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. The combination of the red text and the title is uh, a little interesting. A uh-huh. lot of uh, speculation about that. Yeah. Um, it could be referencing uh, Luke's death and Ray taking over. I doubt that. Um, Everyone on God's Green Earth is saying that it's that Luke's going to die in this episode. I'm not so sure. I don't, especially with Carrie Fisher's I don't think death so. recently. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I think, um, back, yeah, I just, I, I don't see it. I think every, because everyone's saying it's going to happen, I don't think it's going to happen. You know? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> they're, just, they're, they're too tricky for that. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, what's another, what, what were some of our other theories? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
it might be referencing the fact that Luke might be seeing that the Jedi Order has failed, and he's going to, instead of training Rey to become a Jedi, train her to become something else. Uh-huh. So it's referencing Luke is indeed the last Jedi. I, I To me, I think that debate is subtle. Look, Rey is not a Jedi. It's clearly Luke. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's not going to become a Jedi in one movie. Yeah, and it, it's not even that, like, I don't know if you caught this, but if you go back to The Force Awakens crawl... It literally says Luke Skywalker, the last Jedi in the Force Awakens. Yeah, call. so I feel like it references him as the last Jedi. Yeah, this is probably just going to be leaning a little bit more on that. But yeah, um, did you see um, yesterday on John Boyega's uh, Instagram? He posted the announcement picture uh-huh. that we that everybody's seen, and then he uh, he put hashtag Episode Eight hashtag Let's Go to War. Yeah, I saw that. I'm really, really yeah. excited to figure out what he means by that. I mean, I know, I know they're at war with. Um, I mean, I know they're at war with uh, yeah. the first order, but I'm really curious to see how that builds up and what uh-huh. it turns into. Yeah, definitely. I I saw that too, and I was like, "That's curious." Especially it's almost, since he's saying that in a hashtag. Like yeah, extra information. And and especially coming off of Rogue One, it's almost like you, you think they're somewhat coordinated in the tone of these things. Like the fact that we're coming off of Rogue One, we're going to the Force or to Jeez, it's gonna take me take some getting used to with that title, The Last Jedi. Um, you're going into that. It's it's interesting. I do think that I don't know if it's coincidence. So I'm I'm just saying. Um, but yeah. Do you think that this is my one area where I'm really confused um, with this title, The Last Jedi? Right. So does that mean because we we agree that it's Luke, right? Yeah, yeah, I okay. think it's Luke. Definitely. So does that mean it's not that Rey won't become a Jedi? Because when to me, when I hear the word "last," like I think "final," like there's no I'm, more. I'm, after. I'm honestly not sure. Uh, like it could be like what I was saying. Like he's training her to he trains her to be something else completely. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not sure if that would sit well with Luke because exactly. he's all for continuing on the Jedi Order. But he might just be skittish of it because his Jedi were wiped out. Yeah. So if it is like what I'm saying, that he trains her to be something besides a Jedi, uh-huh. I feel like they're at the, by the end of this movie, they're going to see that that's failed uh-huh. and that the Jedi are the way. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm iffy on that whole subject. But, okay. uh, you know. Um uh, do do you think it kind of this is something I heard I don't know if I agree with it or not that it the title the last Jedi, Jedi diminishes the the meaning of Return of the Jedi which was technically just two movies ago in chronological order I don't really think so I okay. mean he was that was the return that was the first time that Luke truly stepped forward and was a mm-hmm. Jedi Knight yeah before that he was very weak in the Force like mm-hmm. in uh, he had just learned the, uh, really of the Force's Existence yeah. in uh, A New Hope. In The Empire Strikes Back, he struggled to grab a lightsaber mm-hmm. out of the snow. He had not progressed very much. Yeah. But then by the beginning of uh, Episode 6, he's freaking force choking some Gamorrean guards <laughs> in the Jabba's palace. Yeah. Which I, that's so much fun. Um, I don't know. I, I, so I, I don't think it diminishes it that much yeah. because he's still the last Jedi once again because, I mean, they've all been killed again. Uh, this is something I don't think enough people are kind of mentioning here. I don't think... I don't think Luke is going to be necessarily willing to train Rey. I don't think he's going to want to train Rey. I think he will kind of be reluctant because he's seen it fail. He's going to, he's going to be... And I don't even know, like you're saying, he'll train her as something else. I don't know. I think maybe he wants to be the last Jedi in a sense. 
Yeah, I think he might be. He might think that the Jedi just bring suffering. Like yeah. he, not them personally, but their yeah. existence brings suffering uh, historically. And maybe he's destined to be the last Jedi because Yoda says to him, "When I die, the last of the Jedi you will be." So maybe he's like. Maybe I'm just supposed to be the last Jedi because I tried to start this up again and it failed. I'm not so sure. I'm, I don't uh, know. That that does lean a lot towards. Um, uh, it reminds me a lot of Legends in the Thrawn trilogy. Okay. Uh, they Luke was really reluctant to train anyone for a uh-huh. long time, and even after he did, he saw a lot of failure and wanted to quit so many mm-hmm. times. And he did quit several times when, like, some of his apprentices would move on yeah. to the dark side or start to lean that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he himself even started to lean that way at one point because he just lost hope. Yeah. So, but it, usually something would happen to bring him back yeah. and show him that it's his destiny to carry on this line mm-hmm. once again. All right, so we will kind of wrap things up from here. Do you have anything else, Jesse? One more thought. All right. They did announce that this is the next thing in the Skywalker trilogy. That's yes. something me and you have had this discussion yes. before. Not here on the, I, episode, I on the that podcast. Too. But like that the real Star Wars series only really covers the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. And this is carrying on that tradition. You know what that makes me afraid of? Ray. That makes me afraid that Ray is going to be his daughter. I don't. Want I hate it. I don't want it to be true. I really don't. <sighs> I've been against it from the start, and I didn't think it was true from the start, but this is making me my, making I me s- doubt myself. I still don't want it, though. I still get really cracked up, though, when people say it's Obi-Wan's daughter. No, that's ridiculous. That's or no. Obi-Wan's granddaughter. Come yeah, on. Yeah, anyway. Whatever. Well, well granddaughter, no. a little bit more believable. I'd be more okay with that than uh, Good luck trying to explain that to the regular moviegoer. But yeah, I know. <laughs> I just, uh, whatever. All right, so now we will kind of wrap things up here. Um, I will sign off for pretty much everybody. We, well, because Ozzy didn't get to sign off. But, yeah, so I will also, at first, before we sign off, I want to um, kind of really throw it to our YouTube channel and say, guys, go check out our YouTube channel. we got tons of great stuff on there, including the Bachelor recaps that Bob, Miles, um, and our intern Peter are doing. But Bob is really leading it over there, and it is great stuff. Doing a great um, job with it. I was on the last episode. That'll be out by the time this episode is up, I believe. And um, we will also go check this out in the next episode of The Bachelor Recap. Not this one that's com- that just came out um, on Wednesday, but... The next episode of The Bachelor Recaps, we episode three, we will be ha- announcing a special contest for listeners of the Screenfellows podcast. So definitely go over there and check that out. We'll bring it up on social media as well, but we'll be announcing it on that episode. So if you want to get a head start on the contest, check it out on our YouTube channel. All right, Jesse, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Colonel Swink. And keep an eye on our YouTube channel also. we're gonna, Since this is the last Rebels episode for a while, we're probably going to have some Star Wars content coming out on the YouTube channel pretty soon. Definitely, definitely. All right, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cheery456. You can also, also find Ozzy on Twitter at CastroOzzy and on Instagram at OzzyCray. Uh, make sure you follow Screenfellows all over social media. It's all at Screenfellows, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all that craziness. We're everywhere, so definitely check that out. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. We're all over. Um, it, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can basically find us. So definitely go subscribe there. And make sure you rate and review. That helps us out a ton, so definitely do that. Um, we're going to start pushing that more um, as 
soon as possible. So definitely go do that. Um, so guys, thanks for joining us for this episode. We hope you enjoyed the show. And, uh, and of course, be with you.